Hello, welcome to episode two of And How Did That Make You Feel? Um, first of all, thank you so much for the support and feedback and love that you've shown to this little podcast and our first episode that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I've really appreciated it. Um, I'm so glad to know that it's um, you've enjoyed it, that it has made you think. I've had some really great conversations with people about counselling and therapy uh, that has that has come about because they've either listened or because they've seen that this is something that I'm doing. So please keep chatting to me about it. You know I love to um chat about this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, jump on over to Instagram, chat to me there. Um, and share it with people if you think that they could benefit from just hearing um, some people talk really honestly about how they've experienced therapy. But episode two, oof, gee whiz. I've listened to this twice this afternoon when I've been editing it and it's it's so good. <laughs> uh, our guest today is um, my friend Deborah, and she was again somebody that spoke to me really openly and honestly about their therapy experience and um so I wanted to get her on but I also knew that she would have some really good stuff to say um I've known Deborah for years we were in primary school together all through school and Deborah is the type of um of teenager that would write uh, her friends long beautiful letters <laughs> probably filled with savage garden lyrics and I still have quite a few of these but Deborah likes to go deep she likes to um, she likes to think about things deeply and mine those depths. Um, we touch on the Enneagram. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, you need to listen the whole way to the end uh, where I'll give you some recommendations of some podcasts and things to listen to um, to give you a bit more to start you on your Enneagram journey. Um, and something one thing that really jumped out at me that Deborah talks about is um, her counsellor said to her about the importance of blooming where you're planted and that is really resonating for me at the minute with all the stuff that's going on in the world um, and some stuff that I've been working through with my counsellor of trying to um, shift myself out of feelings that I'm having at the minute because they don't feel great because I don't want to feel like I don't want to feel like this anymore but the importance of being able to sit with those feelings even though they're really rubbish even though they make you that they're really hard um but that's that's where I am at the moment or that's where the feelings that's where you need it's really good to work through them naturally rather than trying to force yourself out of it so blooming where you're planted and right now I'm sure for a lot of us this isn't where we wanted to be 2020 isn't what we wanted to, wanted it to be um, but to try and find joy in small things um, to try and um, you know be able to take count, counter be, counter blessings um, even even in 2020 and the absolute trash can fire that it is but enough of me um, and we'll get straight into um, my chat with Deborah. And welcome to another episode of And How Did That Make You Feel? Um, I'm here with my friend Deborah, 
Uh, I am in my spare room in Northern Ireland and Deborah is um, on the mainland, as my granny would have called England. Um, so hello, Deborah. Hello. Um, Deborah, it's really great that you've agreed to come and chat to me about this. Um, do you want to tell us all a little bit about yourself? Of course, yeah, that's fine. So, um, yeah, so my name is Deborah. I am also from Northern Ireland, um, but yeah, I am living in England. I've lived in Oxford for the last nine years now. Um, I am a teacher, so I specialise in secondary in languages, and I am married, so I've got a hubby, and I have got two kids. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Lovely. Yeah, another Northern Irish person who has um, ventured off um over over to england um again on missionary service as my granny would have said um (laughs) i will i will stop i will stop quoting my granny now um so obviously the whole the whole idea of this podcast um is to have conversations with people who um who have been in counseling or therapy and you know are passionate about it and interested in it and happy to kind of talk about their experiences so deborah when uh when did you when did you first have counseling or therapy yeah so i was just thinking about that this week i had uh therapy around six years ago now um when i had moved over to england um i didn't have kids at the time and i yes i was living in oxford and happily married um, mm-hmm. and for me that was the time i first sort of thought i think it'd be really good to get some counseling was that was that an easy decision to come to or was that something that you kind of debated with yourself about or um yeah. well so I think for me it it was an easy decision in a way I think you know when we talk about preconceived notions of therapy and counseling for me one of the big thing what one of the big things was you know I've got amazing friends and mm. family I don't need to go to somebody else like I've got people around me who care about me. I've got people I can talk to. You know, I've got all of that in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, there was something about needing that that extra level. Mm-hmm. I think it was for me remembering that, well, actually people have trained for years to be really good at this. Yeah. And actually in the same way, you know, if you if you just unleash someone into a classroom, chances are they, they might do okay, but <laughs> the training really, the yeah. training really, really helps. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, that, that kind of helped um, to then kind of come to terms with paying £40, whatever it was, yeah. or, but thinking, I've got lots of people that I could have a, have a chat with um, and offload to, yeah. but I think it is a different, it's a different thing altogether, really. Definitely. Funny, I was just thinking about this earlier on. Um, did I see a, a meme, go, you know, something on Instagram about, um, you know, oh, my best friend has saved me thousands in therapy bills or whatever and I was I did kind of think yeah yeah absolutely my friends are very very supportive and empathetic and love me and support me but as you say they don't have those skills that training um to be able to even just the very simple thing of like being able to really actively listen to what you're saying you yes. know that's that's a skill in itself never mind kind of reflecting back what you're talking about or paraphrasing yeah posting all those things yeah yes 
Absolutely, and I think that that for me really did. So I've basically I've done two years myself um, in a diploma, mm-hmm. a diploma, and for me it was really fascinating to understand more about what it is to initially even to actively listen. Mm-hmm. You know, by nature, it's not passive; it's, mm-hmm. it's active, and so it requires something of the counselor yeah. or the therapist in in terms of being able to to really really listen to what it is that you're saying, but also what you're saying with your body mm. um, what you're saying with the silence is what you're communicating outside of even words and mm-hmm. so yes I think it's absolutely it's intriguing it really is intriguing yeah. and incredibly helpful yeah yeah it's definitely interesting um to be on that other side of the kind of counseling process to like mm. peel back the curtain a little bit like what is what is it that my counselor is actually doing that unlocks something or uh, you know that that enables you to kind of feel comfortable to to share and open up um yeah and yeah because I'm similar to yourself at well I just I did one year um of counseling skills and even just the very simple thing of and now that I know know about paraphrasing back you know my counselor will do this regularly but before just that simple action of repeating back what you have said it like it can just unlock something and like oh the penny drops even though you've already said it just for somebody to repeat it yes. back to you it's like oh like Absolutely. ah really, it can lead to those kind of woe moments can yeah like, oh yes that that really is what's going on right now for me yeah, yeah. my first counselor would have said this a lot that like you have the answers inside of you mm-hmm. so it's not it's not as if the counselor doesn't like try and fix you or anything is what I find mm-hmm. you know they'll work with you to find the answers that you already have um yes a lot of it's already with you and I uh-huh. think that's a couple of things that as well I've been thinking about this week are you know the process so mm. it's a process and it requires something of you so mm. whilst you can go and you can kind of offload and share and that actually is very cathartic in mm. many ways it it requires something of you to to go there to go deep to explore, to sit in the chaos, to sit in the, the nuance of not maybe knowing exactly what the answers are. Um, all of that is, is a huge process. And I know for mm-hmm. me, so if we talk about the Enneagram, I don't know if anybody <laughs> listening knows the Enneagram. I you the Enneagram. I hoped the Enneagram would come up, Deborah. <laughs> I love it. And I, um, I have a nine with an eight wing. Yeah. And so for me, process, so I... I will absolutely go for the shortest, most simplest, most straightforward way if uh-huh. I can in life. Yeah. So I will short circuit things if I can. And I learned quite quickly that I can't do that with big stuff mm. because you're shortchanging yourself, essentially. Yeah. And so whilst being a nine, I'm really happy to stay in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a huge challenge to step out of that. Mm-hmm. But actually, when I do, and when I say, do you know what? Yes, this is a challenge, but actually... It's so worth it. Mm. And you can push through that and you can really experience some of the the freedom that comes with it. Well, the experience of, um, so let me share a little bit about my experience of, um, of being in in the, in the chair. Yes, please. Yes. Um, yeah. And so for me, I, I, I almost want to say I was possibly even a little bit cynical that Mm. this person could be as good at or better than, than really good friends. Yeah. Um, that week in, week out, um, and the first, the first few weeks, I was like, my life is pretty good. And so every time he was asking me things, I was sort of saying, well, 
actually, you know, this is good and this is good and the other's good. And I can remember him starting to look at me as if to say, almost like a look of, then why are you here? <laughs> like, there must be a reason that you're here. Mm-hmm. And so then we began to unpick some of the things and, you know, something that come to, to light mm-hmm. in that. But I, I went week in, week out for around, it was around, it was a six-week session, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. And we got toward the end, so I, was, I think it was around week five. And I remember coming home and saying to my, my, my husband, I just don't really know that I'm getting anywhere with this. Yeah. Um, and what the incredible thing was, so it felt like a brick wall. It really felt like I've shared what I need to share. I don't feel that anything's really shifting. I don't think there's any movement. I'm just kind of sort of a little bit stuck. Mm. Um, that same week, I woke one morning and I was sobbing. Mm. And it was almost like there was something in my out of awareness subconscious whatever you want to call it that was actually doing something and whilst it didn't initially come to light for me when I was kind of feeling like this is a brick wall this mm. is a brick wall nothing really shifting to suddenly wake up crying with a you know with with a, this dream which was hugely significant mm. and it was like oh okay then <laughs> um so I think sometimes it can feel in counseling like you're not maybe massively getting anywhere sometimes yeah like you're a little stuck um but i find that in that perseverance and sticking at it for that session that i'd signed up to do that the breakthrough did come mm. and it, it came in a pretty glorious way yeah um, so yeah i think that was that was fascinating really i think it's really interesting as well because like yourself i probably was quite cynical about the whole thing to you whenever i first went um of you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, really. Like, yes. <laughs> I am not the type of person who, who needs to see a counselor. Um, yeah. So definitely, there was some cynicism there that quickly, quickly was <laughs> torn down. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all. I always find it fascinating whenever, um, a counselor can like work through the things like your dreams. You know, things that your subconscious mm-hmm. is bringing up. So your dreams mm-hmm. or um. You know, like Early how... Say again? Early recollection. Yes. Memory. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I had a recovered memory a couple of weeks ago in a session, which I've never, you know, I'd never kind of experienced before. But, it, you know, it just took me down. Or, you know, we could go even deeper in what we were talking about because, you know, mm-hmm. it it opened up another space to kind of explore. Um. But I'm just, I'm just always amazed and reminded that like everything, our body, like dreams, our subconscious, you know, it's all so connected, which I just would, would never have kind of considered beforehand. And I'm so glad that you brought the Enneagram up, up <laughs> at an early point. Um, for anybody listening, if you haven't explored the Enneagram um that is another thing that I'm always banging on about like go and see a therapist and and read some books about the Enneagram um so quick book shout out if it's something that you're maybe interested in exploring um it's a book I would really recommend is The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and that looks there's nine nine different um it's, it's hard to put language around what the nine different types are they're not really personality types but um it's just very interesting to read the different types and see which one identifies more with you. Um, and that then could be your number. That's just a brief. Um, I don't talk about the Enneagram with my counsellor. She uses, 
um a different kind of set of personality types which i can't now remember but the personal i she would describe me as a self-reliant which on the enneagram i am an eight which is like super <laughs> self-reliant um so i definitely think like my Enneagram journey has also really benefited my kind of therapy journey of, you know, like the therapy process of just understanding more about yourself and about who you are. Um, you know, that really goes hand in hand with, with the Enneagram. Um, Absolutely. And it's discovering that depth, isn't it? And I, I don't know, I think... I do think that everyone has has that depth. Should they choose to, or would they want to? It's a question of whether you want to or not. And everybody is obviously within their own right to choose as to how much or how little they want to explore. Mm. I suppose the inner workings and, and kind of how we are, and maybe that kind of inner inner voice, mm. inner knowing all of the, that stuff. Um, but I think that it's it's absolutely worth it. Um, yeah. Come up to that, that idea of process again. Um, yes. Something else I wanted to just touch on to yeah. do with preconceived notions, just back to, mm. to that. Um, I shared about you know the fact that I have amazing friends. Why would that and family as well? Mm. To the record, why why I feel you know why is it important to do that? Another um, bit of a sort of preconceived notion I had was a bit of a stigma attached to counselling in general. Mm. So only go to a counsellor or a therapist if or your shrink you know mm -hmm. if something is really really wrong with you yeah or you know sort of the big dark hidden horrible secret you know yeah and so you kind of it's almost like a stigma that oh goodness you don't you don't you don't need to say that <laughs> you don't and I'm just curious and this is this is just an open-ended question but I'm just curious as to if there is much of a difference between NI Northern Ireland yeah and, and England in that respect and I I do wonder, I don't know for sure, obviously I've lived in England for nine years now, yeah. I wonder if there is a bit more of um, an awareness or an openness around counselling is actually a really, really good thing. It's yeah. not It's not something that, you know, suddenly you think, oh, that person sees a counsellor, that's not so good. Mm. So I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, well, I mean, Northern Ireland, we have so many quirks, don't we? Um, but Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love my Yes, <laughs> um, I definitely think even not an overt stigma about it, but definitely like that was something that I felt like I am not, I can't see a counsellor because I'm not depressed or I can't see a counsellor because yeah, I haven't experienced massive trauma. Um, yes. But yeah, interestingly, like, and I touched on this last week that it was hearing from you and Kat were the first two people who spoke to me, you know, openly about seeing a counsellor, um, yes. which like, and you both live in England. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if we're reading um, too much, too much into that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, certainly the last couple of years, and this may be because I talk a lot more openly about, um, you know, I am always banging on about, uh, wait to hear what I learned in counselling this week. Um, yes. So I don't know if it's because I talk about it more than other people are like, oh, right, well, yeah, I've, I've had some counselling or, um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's such a, there's, there's such a kind of push at the minute, push is the wrong word, um, but, you know, trying to, 
to to remove that stigma around mental health which yes. is you know especially needed in Northern Ireland you know our mental health kind of statistics yeah. are 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 so so sad um, I just actually saw there on the was it on the news or somewhere some sort of social media platform mm-hmm. that there were thirty five suicides this week. Oh, yeah. Alone. Yeah. In Northern Ireland. Yeah, which is That's yeah. Shocking. Yeah, so, and I think more people are they're definitely more aware of services that are out there, but being aware of the services and then getting over those internal barriers to to recognize oh that right this is something this is something that that I need to look at um I think that's really interesting that um you know you you decided to like it was almost like you were investing in yourself whenever you chose to go to counseling at that at a point where it wasn't like you were being proactive rather than reactive um Yes, I would agree with that. I think in many respects it was self-care. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was the time when maybe I had that little bit more space to be able to, to think proactively, I'm going to kind of look at this and tackle this. And So you're like, and you were saying there about, you know, young people that you've spoken to find it difficult to build a rapport with a counsellor, which is so, so an, like such an integral part of it to build that feeling of trust with somebody um yeah. how did you find that in your your counseling experience I immediately felt at ease and I was able to kind of just sort of share really mm-hmm. um and so it did feel it did feel comfortable mm-hmm. um I wonder if it were somebody maybe colder or maybe I don't know appeared a bit standoffish how, yeah. how that would kind of sit with me um but for the most part it felt it felt um that there was a good report yeah off, really yeah I just I'm I'm always interested to hear like the practical setup of a counselling space um so what was it like mm. were you lying on a couch you know was he scribbling away on a, note, on a notebook or what was the kind of practical setup yeah so it was um it was quite a small room mm. um and I was sort of in one corner um and he was in the other and he was by the door mm-hmm. and where there was a clock behind me which is standard yeah <laughs> so they can have a little look up and yeah. still keep, keep their attention on the client um, and there was this, again, the standard box of tissue to the yeah. left, should I them, never <laughs> yeah. start crying. Um, and then I, there probably was some green plants, I think. Um, but yes, it was, it was a pretty small room, um, and um, I can remember being like a yellow colour, and I was uh-huh. in sort of a normal seat, really, yeah. with tea. Um, so yes. Yeah, so it's not, it does, like, it does tend to be, yeah, very kind of, um like not much not many distractions in, in a room it tends to be mm-hmm. like um and I suppose counsellors want to make that space as as unintimidating as possible um and yeah because yes. even you know in films sometimes it'll be it may not be that old stereotype of lying on a couch and you know mm-hmm. talking about um you know the, your love for your mother or whatever kind of Hollywood stereotype but now it seems to have gone to like 
uh, somebody sitting on a chair in a, in a beautiful mid-century modern chair with a beautifully curated bookshelves behind them you know thousands of books and I'm like oh I think that would be so intimidating to go into and distracting I'd be like let me look at all these books like well, Rachel Reed you would be <laughs> yeah. I'd be like sneaking in copies of things whenever they were um they were away out uh Mike my... yeah for this hour yeah <laughs> can you just leave me in this room for the hour i think that would be would be more beneficial for me uh my my first counselor she would always make me a cup of tea and bring me some biscuits which oh, Except she made really terrible tea. So I was like, oh, you know, it was like the tea bag had literally looked at the water and then she'd like brought it out to me. So I was always like passing myself, drinking it. But my, Did she bring a cup for herself? Yeah, she would have had some like some something herbal and she would have brought me out a full tray, tea, jug of milk, plate of biscuits. Um, it was very, very pleasant. Um. Must suggest that to my new woman actually to see she can, um. But you know, I think I think that the environment can make such a difference, um, to to how you're feeling, um. Because even you know, just something something small can can make you shut down. Just be like, no, I I am not feeling it today. Like, I, I am pulling back. Like something has just in the room, um, has kind of set me off. So. I think yes. the, the environment definitely does does make make a big difference. Yeah, um, they absolutely are. And I think even things like so on the estate here we do a bit of a sort of a drop in Yes. And you know, there's been times where I had um I was chatting to a girl a few weeks ago, um, and somebody accidentally didn't realise that two of us were in this room having having a chat. She just disclosed something pretty significant in her life yeah. and you know, this this friend walks in and he shouts even, you know, hello, oh. like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Whatever way it's sort of set up that there are no interruptions because obviously that can be really, really distracting. Oh yeah, massively. Um yeah, definitely can make can make a big difference. Um yes. and so you that's that's a listening service that you guys run, isn't it? Yeah, so it's 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 nowhere near as, as Deep, I suppose it would be very different from counselling mm. and counselling obviously you're, you're touching on, on therapy really but for us it's a lot more drop in cup of tea like what you're saying hopefully it's not as weak <laughs> um, cup of tea uh, come in have a chat it's a sign up you know sheet and there's slots um, of half an hour um, and mm-hmm. people can come in and just have a chat so it's on again tomorrow it's on, on Tuesdays and it's basically a chance for trained volunteers to come down and, and just be there for, for people who want to just have have a tin wag and maybe yeah. don't have have that kind of active listening going on at home or with yeah. friends um, and so yeah it's just there to kind of provide some support really yeah and even just that release can be so beneficial sometimes of just you know yeah feeling like oh I have been listened to just to get, get the words out and get it off your chest you know can such can have such a massive impact absolutely it really can and I think it does it helps it helps people to know that you know, I, I my my voice matters. Mm. It matters. Mhm. Mhm. You know. Oh, so so important. Um. Yeah. So how? So what? It was. Um. You said about six years ago that you were having your counselling. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
It was, yes, it was six years ago. And mm-hmm. funny, uh, lockdown, lockdown came and went. Uh, during Just before lockdown, I kind of had a sort of, I think it'd be good to go back. I think now's the time to go back. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because between this, that and the other, I haven't yet made it back. And I think for me, initially, and so this got me thinking about what could be a barrier for people. Mm. Because for me, for me, my barrier this, this time around, because I sort of thought, right, got money in the pot, my council in pot, I'm ready to use it kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then everything was kind of a bit crazy with lockdown, COVID. Um, and then I had a moment of, right, okay, no, it'd be good to go. And then I suddenly thought, where do I start to look? Mm. Where do I start to look? But not only that, there was also a moment of, I really want somebody good. Like, yeah. I want someone who knows, who knows, who's, who's with it, yeah. who really knows what they're doing. And then that kind of led to then the, oh, goodness, well, that's like finding a, ne- a needle in a haystack because... <laughs> Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say somebody's really, really with it? But I'm not with them. You know, I want someone that yeah. really, really gets me, and that I can get. And there's a really, really good report. And so then that kind of I think has deterred me this time mm. around. But you know, I think I think that said, I sort of have just been again thinking about that this week. Just taking a step back and thinking, well, actually, how much does that matter versus the process itself? Yeah. How oh. much does it matter how good the rapport is? Maybe it does. Maybe mm. for some it does. Maybe for some it doesn't. But it got me thinking. Well, actually, surely if you're willing to bring your whole self to the, you know, and say, look, I am here to learn. I am here to figure out what this issue is, or to get to the bottom of something, or just generally to to grow in some way. Mm-hmm. Then, then maybe maybe it doesn't matter too much who I'm who I'm with, as long mm. as they've got the skills and that capacity and are able to really hone in on on I suppose what what the issues are and how best to help me move forward yeah and so yeah I suppose that just did get me thinking into what really matters is actually the process and that I'm willing to fully bring myself to it yeah oh that's so interesting um yeah like the process over not the personality but um yeah that the process is what you're really like you've identified what you want to get out of the experience and again, that's mm-hmm. that's like so proactive of yes. like, right, this is, I'm at a point where I know what I want from counselling and yes. like, let's, let's do this. Um, yeah. I've, I, would, I, would, I was going to say, I was so proactive with my last session that I wrote notes every single session I came out of. Like I made pages and pages of what was shared, what we talked about, what I kind of took away from it. I lost the notes. Oh. I didn't do it back up my computer completely locked and I lost the entire the entire set but then what one very wise person said to me was do you think that that matters and I said well yes I've done I've done literally an hour per hour like I've gone away to a coffee shop because I didn't have kids then I had time to sit and just journal and muse and that was amazing and I I wrote down all these things and and he said do you really think that that matters though and I said well yeah and he said well might it be that actually all that you need to remember is what sticks because if it doesn't doesn't stick yeah then is it worthwhile for you and so i was like that's really good oh that's yeah that's it was it your counselor that said this it was my husband oh and and i suppose you know you take away you take away what matters to you yeah and you're different from from the person beside you and so what matters most is your experience of the session and your experience of the process not with somebody else because somebody could sit and write minutes but actually they could miss the entire concept of mm-hmm. what it is the, the, you know i suppose the the nitty-gritty the what it is that you're taking away and what it is that you're learning and that you're processing on a deeper level oh. and so i just i then felt a lot better 
lose yeah. the notes. Oh, yeah. And so is there anything that has stuck with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think in a nutshell, so one of the kind of issues that did come up for me, um, without going into too much detail, mm. was simply that um, I was kind of feeling unsettled. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of feeling a real connection and infinity to Northern Ireland, which is where I'm from, which mm-hmm. is where my family is from, mixed with this kind of, but I live in England now, and I am really happy in England, mm-hmm. but I forever feel like I am a little bit of a nomad in a way. I've learned different cultures here. I've, you know, I've, I'm completely aware of the education system here now in secondary. I'm mm-hmm. a lot more with all of this stuff and yet there's still that pull on home mm. and so for me that was a huge thing and, and one comment that he said to me that has absolutely stuck with me and he didn't say it in a you know uh, an imperative sort of you know this is what you need to do but it just came up in conversation he just said something along the lines of the significance and the beauty of blooming where you're planted and I was like well I'm here now mm-hmm. and this is where I'm, I might be back in Ireland one day I might be back in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. I might not I might but actually, no matter where I am, I can still bloom. And so that was just really, really significant for me. Yeah. Uh, other things that were hugely significant were intuition versus um, head. So head and heart. Uh-huh. And just the fact that there is so much tension in life and it's okay for nuance and it's okay mm-hmm. for contradictions and it's okay for for not knowing mm-hmm. um, all of these things are actually okay and maybe that's exactly where you need to be and maybe it doesn't need to be that it's definitely this that it's definitely the dualistic yeah. kind of thinking of it needs to be one or the other mm-hmm. um, and so that was hugely liberating for me yes. to recognize okay to hold attention and to also hold attention between thinking and feeling I tend to um, gravitate massively more towards intuition um, feeling than I do towards mind and thinking mm-hmm. um, and so we talked a little bit about the importance of kind of being able to use both but mm-hmm. it's okay to be to be more you know connected or to have more of an affinity with with the other mm-hmm. um, other things I, I've taken away from that for six weeks were should the word should mm-hmm. um, when I hear the word should I now have read read sort of like an alarm bells going in my head of okay where's that coming from mm-hmm. whose voice is that oh yeah why the should mm-hmm. you know so a lot of that has been a real a process as well for me of of learning and unlearning mm. oh, a phenomenal quote once um by someone who talked about he, he's a parent and he talked about raising children and he said i want to raise my kids in such a way that they have to unlearn as little as possible Oof. and i was like that's so good Oof. <laughs> That cuts yeah. deep, that does. <laughs> that, is, that is very deep, very deep. Um, I'm a deep person. That's <laughs> where I roll. Yeah. That's what I was after, Deborah. so I knew you were going to be a good choice. <laughs> but that's, that, that's so interesting because uh, a lot of those things that you dealt with are exactly the same that I dealt with. Um, mm. And especially though maybe flipped the other way around so I would be in my head and have to connect up with the rest of my body and not just be very like analytical and well this is I should do this yeah definitely that was um yes (laughs) um some some unlearning around that um but definitely like yeah that kind of aspect of 
being able to bloom wherever you are, like kind of it feeds into like not comparing yourself or mm-hmm. trying to be where be in the moment sounds like a massive cliche, but it it's really not like mm-hmm. trying to stay in the moment within yourself and not be running ahead to mind racing of you know what am, what am I going to cook for dinner tomorrow yeah. when yeah. when is my career going to progress when is did it oh so and so has achieved so much more than I have you know your brain mm. your brain just yeah. takes off um it can and I think that you know that that whole idea of the comparison the comparison mm. trap so if you look at it like neither way is good so you compare by comparing comparing sort of saying oh well look at me and you know I, I've done this or I've done the other because actually that that's a horrible way to kind of to see yourself but in the same way to compare by looking up neither is good because they both yeah. lead to kind of sort of negative energy really oh, of, mm-hmm. you know, of, uh, rather than sort of I suppose I like to see it as or try to see it as much as I can as this is my race mm. I will run and run my PB mm-hmm. and I, want, I want to be in my race I don't want to be looking to the left or to the right because firstly we are all vastly different anyway mm-hmm. so it's like comparing completely different you know a giraffe and a I don't know a mouse it just doesn't <laughs> and so and so in that way I think it's it's just vital that we kind of see how can we run our own race yeah. well yeah and what do we need to do and what equipment is important for us on our race yeah and um, and I think when you know when you link into the processes conversation, you know, I think that was a huge thing that I learned from from my counseling session was, um, I like neat boxes and I like things ticked and done and mm-hmm. tied up and moved away. Mm-hmm. Like I am like I love order and I love everything to be to be done and dusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my counselor just saying, <clears throat> okay, you know, he was listening. He was listening to how I like everything done, and he said, you do know that that not not in a patronising way, but you know that life is ongoing. And that you are ongoing, and that this whole, yeah, this whole way of living, like we are human beings, we are ongoing, and mm-hmm. everything is processing constantly. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to get everything fixed and done and solved and moved on from because that's not possible. You can grow, yeah. Things can improve, yeah. You can develop, but life will still be life, and it will still be ongoing. And this is a process that you can choose to partake in. Yes. And Mhm. Oh, flip. He, you got a good. You got a lot of good stuff out of out of six weeks. I did, didn't I? He, he was, he was good. He was very good. Yeah. So recently, actually. Oh. <laughs> I just bumped, I bumped into him. I was like somewhere and bumped into him. Uh-huh. He just had a, a nod. Yes. Oh, very, very professional. But even you know, going back to um, what the wise person, aka <laughs> husband, um, you know that that clearly has made an impact that the stuff that needed to stick has stuck and you've applied it and continued to apply it, which for me is just one of the ongoing gifts of counselling as well. Um, I was the opposite of you. I always intended to write and journal and get it all out on the page after my sessions and um, always forgot. But now I'm like, oh man, you know, I wish I, wish I could go back and, and remember some of those things. Uh, yeah. but uh, clearly you know what sticks will stick what sticks will stick and that will be what's most important for you yeah if it's not important for you you won't remember it and yeah that's okay. and, and as you said the beauty of going back time and time again if, if needs you know if needs mm-hmm. be is that that will keep unraveling further and mm. further 
there'll be bits that you'll rediscover or pick up for yeah. that time that yeah. you will remember. Yeah. Because obviously life is seasonal as well. Mm. There's times for certain information or um, advice or just conversation can really, really stick. And other times where it's just not where your head is at. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I think a lot a lot of it is is self-compassion and that's something I wanted to just really briefly mm. touch on just that idea of you know it's it's okay it's okay to not be okay firstly mm-hmm. um, and secondly it's okay to not know even sometimes what you need or what you think you might need or all of these things you know it's it's a process and it's all right and I think for me it's, it's a realizing that we're all, you know, there's areas for all of us to discover should we wish to. There is depth for all of us to, to sort of unravel again should we wish to. Yeah. Um, and for me, there's there's a real sort of attention sometimes between a better way of living, you know, and that kind of, that desire to strive for better mm. versus self-compassion of I'm okay now mm. as I am. I am, I am enough. I am... I am valuable. I am, I can contribute. I can bring something to society. Yeah. I am a human being that regardless of whether or not I was to go to an, another session in my life or to hold down a job yeah. or to be a parent or to be fill in the blank, mm-hmm. I am enough. And then the addition of, and how do I within, within my race run well? Yeah. And it, that tension of, of striving versus, I suppose in a way, deep contentment with who, mm. who you are today. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, de- like, oh, so life affirming, Deborah. I love it. Um, but definitely that um, that idea you've touched on a couple of times about tension and contradiction and holding two things at the same time. Um, Very hard to do. And I, I, part of me thinks, is it a bit of a Northern Irish thing that everything is black and white and everything is one way or the other? Because, um, yeah, again, that was something that I had to work really hard on. But once that penny drops, it is so freeing <laughs> it's not it's like it's not black or white it's all shades of color yes any color you can you can mix up colors you yep. can create your colors it's okay yeah and that's the beauty and that unleashes i think that that brings freedom it brings creativity it brings mm-hmm. i think a sense of i'm okay yes who I, who I am and and that's and i i can i have a lot to offer here yeah you know, and i bring whatever shade of color mm-hmm. i want to bring mm-hmm. and in some ways it's just a lot easier. Like it's easier right. on yourself to recognize, oh, I can hold these two things at the same time. And that that life is, I don't think it was my counselor who said this. I think it was a podcast. Um, Might've been Alain de Botton said that like life is, oh, oh, I love him, but I always worry about pronouncing his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan, Alan de Button. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy mercy beaucoup Deborah. <laughs> um but yeah he said something along the lines i mean i think it was him something along the lines of that life is a contradiction and once you come to terms with that it as you say frees up so so much so many more aspects and so many more facets of your personality and how you move through the world and how you can experience experience life it has definitely made me a lot less argumentative <laughs> than than what I would have been. Like, just not getting, you know, not that um, the fear of not being right. Mm. It's like, well, you're 
yeah, you can be you can be wrong and that's okay. And you, you can be wrong about one thing and right about something else. You don't have to be right about absolutely everything. Yes. Um, you can hold two opposing views and that tension between them and not and not really know which which one you agree with or which one is right or and that's yes. that's okay. You might figure it out later on down the line. Yes. Um rather than trying to shove one set of beliefs into something else or one part of you into something else because this is the box that I need everything to fit in. I think I've come to realise that boxes equals bad. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think if you're having to box things, if you're yeah. having to, well, let's just open all the boxes. We're here yeah. now, let's just open them all. Let's just see yeah. what comes up. Let's just see what sits. Let's just see what, you know, and I think, yeah, it could be very easy to sort of need to box things. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's a bit of a, maybe potentially a human condition for some yeah. of us. So, we need to have certainty or we need to have some yeah. sort of control over some areas. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of that's no bad thing. You yeah. Know, the, the inherent desire. Yeah. We want things to be right or good or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but yes, I think it can be very, very tempting to, to try and kind of make things fit. And the reality is, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, then that's okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just think sometimes we can go quite hard on trying to make things work. And when they don't, you can keep fighting that. And I suppose anything in life that is really excellent or really good or really well thought through mm-hmm. has taken time, has mm. taken process, and yeah. has taken thinking and engagement mm-hmm. and, and work, deep work. That Yeah, and that's very similar to therapy. Um, That I'm always excited whenever I hear that somebody is you know thinking about seeing a therapist or asking me about it is I'm like oh or, you know like I definitely think it's something it's like the start of a journey for somebody like um, what what are you going to unlock or what are you going to discover or what what are you going to unlearn um and just yeah. you know the kind of beneficial well the hope for something really beneficial to come to come out of it for them um yeah. and I think as well just um we want to laugh at but something that for me came up as well was I was kind of reminded of a physiotherapist so mm. in, in line with um with a counselor in terms of they've had years so my sister-in-law is a physio and mm. um, there's been times where I've had a couple of niggles she's been amazing at kind of I suppose helping me out anytime I've been back in NI she's mm-hmm. kind of had a little look she's sort of sorted me out and um, but what she's done is she's she's got me thinking she's got me kind of she's looked at the sort of the, the root cause essentially yeah. And then she sent me on my merry way with exercises and yeah. she's checked in and she's made sure, you know, how the exercise is going, how's that working for you, how's that feeling, you know, but a lot of that has been, I've had to do the practice, I've had yes. to, through the week, take ownership and be proactive in my healing, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand, obviously, with lots of different people, there's a huge range of issues, some which require a lot more physio than mm-hmm. a bit of a creaky neck. Yeah. Um, but you know, I suppose the, the idea still applies that you 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 have to work for what you want. Yeah. Within that, but you've got somebody who is hopefully phenomenal, very yeah. well trained, yeah, and can show you, help you to see where the root causes are and what the exercises might be in some way that could help. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a really good analogy, really. Mm. To um, yeah, to think about therapy and counselling and that kind of yeah in that kind of way of you get the tools and you engage with the process um yes. as much as you're either in a place to be able to engage with it or as much as you you choose to to want to be able to engage with it because definitely 
Um, you know, there's there's stuff that I'm working through with my counselor at the minute that I wouldn't I wouldn't have even recognized as an issue, you know, maybe this time last year or stuff that I just did not even want to even consider um or even thought that it was an issue, but you know, now I'm in I'm in a place where yeah, I will put the work in and I, I can kind of work through those processes. Um, you know, and yeah, it can just the different places that you are in your life or the different mindset that you have. If if you're not gonna engage with the process, you'll still get something from it. Yes. But you might just not get mine those depths that are there and are are waiting to be uncovered or waiting to be explored um and i suppose you know would you have any advice if somebody was considering um starting counseling or looking for a therapist you know would you have any pearls of wisdom for them well i think being out of your comfort zone is always good Mm. it's the first thing so um i think there was a quote again that came up recently somewhere just about that idea of actually being you sort of think if you're out of your comfort zone gosh that's really dangerous territory what if you flip that on its head and say being in your comfort zone is actually the most dangerous place you can be because it's where you're least likely to learn much if if anything at all yeah and i say again as a nine who loves her comfort zone like take me there like i'll stay i'll stay Mm -hmm. but ultimately i know that i won't because i have to because that's 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 the thing when you start to unravel and you start to learn and you start to self-discover some some of maybe who you are or or some of what really makes you feel alive you yeah. realize that actually most of that can be found outside the comfort zone and not in it yeah and, and so so that's a huge thing so i think if it feels daunting if it feels scary that's probably a good sign yeah it probably indicates that that that's kind of where you maybe could could go and experience something really powerful and mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. Um, so that would be something I think you can benefit if you're open to it mm. and it, you engage your whole self and by that as well things like the body the mm. mind the spirit that all of it like you know trauma talk about trauma and the body the body remembers yeah. you know, it's that it's all connected in, in, in a really intrinsic way mm-hmm. um, and I just think all of us ha- have, have that depth should we choose to go there mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this podcast today um you know, chances are it's in some way interesting to you mm. when you're, you haven't been. Um, why not? Yeah. Why not would be my, my question on that. Um, it's daunting and it's also beautiful. And I think, you know, that, that, that's that juxtaposition again, isn't it? Yes. It's, you know, it's hard and it's difficult and it's messy and it's, it brings up a ton of stuff. And, you know, on the same, on the same side, it's, it's glorious and it's, yeah. it's good and it's wholesome and it's... Yeah you know, it's developing you. Yeah. And so, I guess, how, how, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> those, <laughs> those were good pearls, Debs. Those were good pearls. Um, so my final question is, um, and how did that make you feel? How has the last <laughs> um, 45 minutes or so been for you? Probably... Uh, in ways that when you talk about comfort zone, slightly uncomfortable. Great. Um, but yeah, exactly. Which is no bad thing. Um, and just joy, like joy, because I, I just love, I just love all of this kind of side of life of, of, of depth of thinking, yes. of exploring, you know, of the challenge of it all, really. Yeah. And also just, 
you know, personalities and how we're wired and what makes us tick and how we think and how we process the world and how you relate to others. All of that is just fascinating yeah. to me. And so little bits of, you know, books and things that I've read or podcasts or, you know, things do stick and, and it is it is exciting and it is it is fun. So yeah. hopefully there's little takeaways. But Yeah. Well I've I've taken a lot away. <laughs> that was that yeah, that was edifying and life affirming. Thank you so much for um yes, your your wisdom and your vulnerability in coming on and I knew I knew that you would be a good guest because yeah, I knew you would have good stuff to say. <laughs> I was I was I was right. Um but yeah, I've yeah, I've really enjoyed um going mining these depths with you in the last uh, in the last wee while. And again, as I said, you know, you were one of the, the first people do you remember we were at um we were on our spa break. Ooh. And that was that was whenever you just happened to say something in passing about oh yeah, yeah, I've yeah, I saw a counsellor. And, okay, I and that, well, it stuck with me, Deborah. Stuck, stuck you, with me. You. And what? And that's the beauty of it, you know. Somebody yeah. else could go into the same session, but they, oh, that didn't even didn't even yeah. But yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um. So yeah, just and as you say, trying to remove some of the stigma around normalizing that it's just oh. a really really healthy thing. Um. Even you know, as we've been talking about about being proactive about it. I am I am a little bit more wait for my arm to fall off and then go in <laughs> and then admit that I need help, but that's my eight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah, that it can be something that you can do proactively and that it, it is it's self-care, it's self-compassion, um, and just yeah, I think you you it's really come across um from what you've been saying about the big impact that it's had on you and um also just like not to add that not only me mm. others benefit so others benefit from the work that you do from the deep work that you do those closest to you are impacted and so those that I love I am convinced upon convinced that I am a better mum because I've taken the time to figure figure some things out and because I've taken the time to do a little bit of exploring of this stuff and it's only a little I've yeah. touching the surface there is so much there's a wealth of what can be sort of explored but there's that and I genuinely believe I'm a better wife and yeah. so I'm a better friend and hopefully a better listener mm. you know all of this sort of comes through and so it's not just you that will benefit from something like this oh massively the ripple effect definitely mm. definitely oh Deborah we could I mean, we could go for another 12 hours. <laughs> but we won't. We would enjoy it. I may not enjoy trying to edit it down to 45 minutes. <laughs> but I I have loved, 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 loved chatting with you. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for, for being um, a guest on this little podcast that is... No worries. Um, so yes, thank you so, 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 so much. episode two I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did I really loved talking to Debs about about all of this um you may have noticed as well there was a few dodgy edits on my behalf there so apologies um in a previous life I was a music teacher and taught garage band but apparently um teaching year eights how to rap over a loop 
<laughs> wasn't isn't going to cut it for me to be able to edit this very well but I'm a work in progress and shout out to my tech friends uh, Fergal and Amy who have helped me um, get to get this far and I'll continue to improve hopefully but I promised you some Enneagram chat and my usual book and pod recommendations so the Enneagram my goodness I could you know, this is opening a can of worms on an already quite long podcast. It's basically nine personality types um, and each, well, not even personality types, but nine types and each type has um, different attributes and the types are all linked and connected and um, you can do tests online to help you figure out which type you are. I'm not a massive fan of them. They've never whenever I've taken them they've never typed me correctly it's a very personal thing it's very nuanced so my advice would be if you're interested in this to get a book called The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile and read about the nine different types and they kind of say that whichever type makes you feel the most uncomfortable hits the closest to home um, that is probably your type um, so have a check that out and you can also look at or listen to the podcast The Road Back to You um, and then Ian Morgan Cron has a really good um, Enneagram podcast called Typology so um, yeah that can be my um, podcast recommendation for this episode check out um, Typology it's a good one um, books, uh, a book I've read recently and enjoyed is called Longhand by Andy Hamilton Andy Hamilton, you'll have seen him on um, Have I Got News For You and he does a lot of comedy panel shows but he also um, was co-creator of Outnumbered. Um, so very funny, I always like to see him um, on those types of shows. This is his first novel of his that I've read and he wrote it all out in longhand. So the book, it's not typeset, it's all handwritten. Spelling mistakes, crossings out um, and all. Um, so that's, I thought that was really interesting, you know, really good, good book, enjoyed it, it did take me a bit longer to read than usual because I am a fast reader and, um, but couldn't read it as quickly because it was handwritten, some words took me longer than usual to decipher which is strange because I have terrible handwriting and I can normally always read my own handwriting, his handwriting is incredibly neat but still took me a bit uh, took my brain a bit longer to take the words in but I enjoyed it and would recommend it um, so um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode um, episode 3 is in the works um, so please come and say hello on Instagram we're on Twitter as well now at and how did that so come say hi um, you can even write me a little review on Apple Podcasts that would absolutely make my day but um, thanks for listening and I will be back soon. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? With Rachel Power.